my name's Leonard Sultana. Uh, I'm a podcaster, a Comic-Con journalist, and occasional panel host. And I'm talking today for the Convention Collective Sandbox. And in conversation with Tom, I want to say Akel or Akel? Either one, man. I've been called worse. Fair enough. And you're the co-writer and the co-producer of Stanley's Power Entertainment's back channel. Tom, welcome along. Um, I think first up for the uninitiated, if you could please set up the story and the background of back channel. Uh, give us the elevator pitch, if you could. Uh, sure. So, you know, back channel is about the relationship between uh, high school student Tom Tanner, who's a complex lover and engineering prodigy, and his father, Martin, uh, a widowed police detective. So while while it does have, you know, all of your your Stanley elements of, of suspense and superhero action and powers, um, at its core, the story is really about how when we all come of age and discover that our parents aren't maybe as wonderful as we always held in our hearts and minds, um, and what we discover about them, and how we we reconcile that or not, and move into the next stage of those relationships. So I think it's something that we all go through at, at different degrees in, in, in life. And, you know, this being a, a comic created by Stan Lee, you know, obviously the the uh, the situation is rather heightened. <laughs> uh, would I be right in saying that this was pretty much one of the last, if not the last creative projects that Stan was involved in before his death? Uh, because I find it interesting that the story that serves as Stan's final work isn't a pure superhero story, a, like a traditional cape and tights kind of uh, tale. I I would be speaking at a turn. I think you'd have to check with Pal because I, I don't know everything that's going on at the company. Um, but um, this was the last thing that I'm aware of that we were working on uh, and, and was actively being published um, when he passed. But um yeah, I, I know that there's a, a library of things that Stan has worked on and created over the years that still have, have not been released. Okay. Uh, how did the story evolve from Stan's first initial pitch uh, to the publishing of the first chapter? Uh, I mean, what was the writing process between yourself and Stan? How did, what did that entail? So the, before we got to writing any of the scripts, uh, you know, we did, we had, Stan had this great, really long initial treatment and, and concept. And then we thought about, you know, how can we adapt this for mobile phones and a mobile audience and will it work? Because it is natively sort of ideal for that environment being Tom's powers are using and controlling the internet um, and being able to, you know, scroll vertically and do some things with sound and animation to make that a richer environment. Um, uh, and then we then we then we really deep dove into character development and you know figuring out what's the relationship, how does it begin and end, um, you know how are these characters going to grow and change throughout the course of the story, and then beat out the full you know twenty six to forty chapters worth of content and figure out the entire arc of the story. So that was all solved first, and then we would go into the script phase where I would just write a script, send it in get notes and changes and revisions, um, clean it up, and, and we'd kind of go from there. And then, you know, those would go off to Andy to, to be drawn. And then, you know, back and forth with Andy on layouts and, you know, wound up with brilliant artwork. What was the, uh, the that pitch, what was what was it like reading that initial pitch from Stan? Um, uh, what was the kind of uh, thoughts that went through your mind when you were reading it? Um, so I've read a lot of these this material that they have that people haven't seen. I've been a little fortunate in that. Um, uh, so it wasn't so much the idea of, um, oh my God, I'm reading a pitch by Stan is, 
oh my God, this thing has so much potential. <laughs> um, and that, that, that was what was really exciting is seeing, seeing something saying like, wow, you know, I, I don't know exactly how old he was when he wrote it, but it was clear like he still has it um, because the, the core concepts of this were something that I think resonates with everyone and, and it really was sort of designed for a digital age. Yeah. I mean, it's very much uh, a story of very... Uh, I mean, there's some a, a couple of classic and indeed contemporary touchstones that can be seen as influences to Batchel, such as uh, The Matrix, uh, the work of William Gibson, uh, Mr. Robot, and even, in hindsight, uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Um, <laughs> what influences can you remember were talked about when you and Stan and the team were constructing the story? Uh, Matrix is an interesting one because we wanted, you know, we, we knew, obviously, that would be touched on um being that you know a lot of this takes place inside you know quote you know quote unquote inside the internet um so it was a design conversation about what will that look like in our world which is why you see a lot of those fluorescent views that are a little more reminiscent of the 80s um and then it was sort of like what if really took the approach of what if the matrix was designed by apple Mm-mm. and what would that look like and that was kind of what we came up with is how do we modernize that for you know what, what people think of today as like cool and modern technology with something that touches on on the matrix um visually anyway so that that influences there uh the the other storytelling influences is you know there there are nods to spider-man and nods to some other stories um obviously this if you've read it all, it goes, you know, kind of in a different direction than that um, pretty quickly. But we wanted to make sure, you know, we we had a couple of things in there that felt very, very uh, much like Stan's work. So people would, you know, recognize those characters and feel at home very easily and very quickly, um, which seems to have worked. And, you know, making Sally a redhead was intentional. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, her her calling Tom Tiger, obviously, was, was very intentional. Yeah, I, I did notice that. <laughs> I noticed that drop. Um, but, I mean, I find the character of Tom very interesting um, in that uh, while there is that um, the young man as outsider, um, the the kind of social outcast, uh, he, he does actually see, he has a little bit of a, a physicality to him, he, 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 a little bit more chutzpah than some traditional um, Stanley characters uh, or protagonists if you if you know what i mean there's a little bit more tipping of the shoulder um is right. that was that something that was introduced at pitch level i mean was that something which stan was playing around with that's something that evolved as we evolved the character and what he would be like and what motivates him so that edge that tom has is this sort of uh this underlying anger about having lost his mother and his father never really talking to him about it and a little bit of blaming himself for it. So you see that as it progresses through the story, and, and obviously things get worse when he finds out that wasn't, you know, that's not the case. Um, but it, it was how would how would a teenager who's gone through what he's gone through in his life, what would their sort of everyday reaction be like? How tough would that kid be? You know, how would he react to certain kinds of adversity if he was picked on? Um, you know, it was really more in the character development stage. I think then an initial like, oh, we want to make him edgier, right? It was more like, how how would he actually like respond in these situations? Um, and that's where that that's where that edge sort of started to come out in Tom. 
I think that's a very contemporary thing as well. I mean, if, uh, if he did feel and uh, go through this story, say, back in the 1960s when uh, uh, Stan was doing Spider-Man with Peter Parker, Peter would have been a bit more withdrawn. But in 2019, there's more more aggression. Not aggression, just more spine uh, to, to, to people, I, I think. And I, I think that's uh, reflected in Tom. I find it very interesting as well that uh, it's a young man who takes to the internet as a very proactive social justice warrior, uh, that term which has proven to be very contentious in today's pop culture uh, in the conversation, but yep. could be argued was very much Stan's default stance throughout his career. How important to Stan and to you as producers was it to have that activism front and centre in uh, this story? It's, it was super important to the story to both of us. Uh, it was obviously a little secondary to character and, and to the overall arc of Tom and Martin, but, you know, back channels charge and what they are after as an organization um, is something that really rings true to, to Stan's positions, I think, uh, on, on social justice throughout his career. And that's seen in, you know, all the old Stan soapboxes and, and everything he's like, said in interviews. So you'll see that play out. Um, the, the back channel piece of it is, is very much inspired by um, Ava DuVernay's uh, 13th documentary. Um, so when, when we finally settled on what does a hack, because we knew we had a hack of this organization and we had to center in on what are they after, right? And, you know, are they, you know, Mr. Robot and Fight Club are taking down, you know, financial institutions, um, you know, in V for Vendetta, it's taking down the government. Um, so when you, when you have an, an organization like this, what are they actually after? And, um, we kind of we kind of settled which I think it's starting to become evident, but you know on, on the injustice in the in the modern prison industrial complex um, so that that is definitely something that will become come more and more into light as the story goes on and also very quickly as well uh, Tom Tanner, yet another addition to the famous Stanley roster alliterative character names <laughs> yeah. uh, was there any conversation yeah. about you to try and steer away from that or are you just going no okay we'll we'll lead into this. Yeah, no, absolutely not. That was his name from the beginning when I first heard the treatment, and none of that is Tom. Tom, Martin, Sally, Nick, none of their names have changed. Um, and, the, you know, the Tom Tanner alliteration, you know, was, that, was, that was fun, obviously. Yeah, definitely, definitely wanted to keep that and own that, for sure. Uh, you have Andy Tong on art. You've got uh, Sean Lee and Omi Remolente on art duties, and master letterer Taylor Esposito, who I'm a huge fan of on yeah. letters. It's Quite the creative team. Uh, how did you find them, and um, what what did they bring to the creative process? I mean, I can imagine it's quite hard to say, I'd like to do this or try this, when you've got Stan Lee on the other side of the table. <laughs> um, well, with each of them, you know, obviously they're all working remotely because, um, you know, they're all overseas. Well, most sure. sellers on the East Coast and everybody else is overseas. Um, so, you know, bringing that team together, uh, you know, Sean is a part of Alan Claw's uh, Tomokaki Studios, and I've worked with them on coloring on a lot of projects in the past. So we found Sean through Alan, and then uh, he had to take on something, some other work, so we had to find another colorist, and we found Omi through Andy. Andy had previously worked with Pow on the Zodiac Legacy, and Andy's actually an old friend of mine who we've always wanted to work on something together. You know, some things that were out there and pitched before in the past. Um, so as soon as I, I you know, I, I had, I had posted something, I think on Facebook about another project and Andy mentioned he, Oh, he'd be interested in that. And I was like, well, wait, hold on a minute then. <laughs> I think I have something coming up. And, you know, I mentioned to everybody at Powell and they were like, yes, yes, we love them. Um, immediately said yes. Uh, 
Taylor, I'd already been working with. Um, there were several books I was editing where Taylor was the letter. And he just had already had, you know, mastered templates for the format and had his head around it really well. And, you know, he's done probably a dozen vertical comics at this point. Uh, so that was easy. It was sort of like, great. You know, Taylor knows this stuff. I love working with him. He's easy to communicate with. Uh, so putting that creative team together was, was actually not difficult. And, and it, was, it was really exciting um, to work with people that, you know, I hold in the highest regard. Now, Back Channel isn't being distributed as a traditional comic. It's very much embracing new media in a big way. Uh, now, while online comics distribution has evolved so much in recent years, it has in the main settled into a very traditional reading experience. Now, Back Channel does buck that trend with music, sound effects, and that scrolling reading experience. Uh, can you talk about the creative decisions that informed the story and what makes Webtoon the ideal platform for Back Channel? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of it is the, the infinite scrolling and being able to have every single panel be a reveal. That's probably the most exciting part of it. Uh, and then, let's say camera tricks, right? But, <laughs> but they really are that you, that, you can, that you can pull off, along with being able to animate some of the things inside the Internet and using audio as a piece of the storytelling, not just music so that there's a background soundtrack, right? The, the way we integrate it, um, and, uh, you know, there's some examples where when Tom first gets his powers, you kind of hear this uh, sound effect we use um, that's associated to a, a CME, right? And that plays back again later in the same chapter. So we're sort of tying elements together using audio without having to do any additional work in dialogue or design or the art, right? Um, so it's really fun, and then there's a lot of... Um, classical music used throughout and used in very specific ways at specific times, um, which all of that, I don't want to spoil stuff. So <laughs> some of what we're doing in there is very intentional and will come to light much later on in the series as to, as to how and why it was done that way. Sure. Um, so, you know, that, that's super exciting to be able to use, use that, you know, extra dimension to the storytelling that really, you know, again, like I, I said, like, you know, print and digital are, are both, fantastic for different reasons so um this is one of those things that makes digital super cool excellent um it's a very forward-thinking story and back channel does set up quite the scale for a continuing story how much of the story did you and stan have planned and where do you see back channel heading in the future uh we have all the planned wow. <laughs> so, okay uh now it's, yeah no we have the whole thing planned it's just a matter of each script and how we get there at this point um so it's uh, each general weekly beat is done. Uh, mm -hmm. And then we're, as we kind of, yeah, within any, you know, development process, there's changes that are going to happen as we script things out and try to <laughs> sort of realize, oh, that's a <laughs> continuity error. I got better fix that. Um, or this person's motivation will be clearer if we do this or, you know, so but we, we know where it goes and how it ends and, a couple, and all the big, you know, twists and turns along the way. Cool. And to wrap things up um, with one final question, uh, can we talk about any future plans for Power Entertainment and what you've got um, barreling down the pipe? Can we see any more titles that we can expect to see released under the banner? Um, I can I can only say that I am working with Pow on a couple of other things, <laughs> uh, I, and that's all I can say. <laughs> and I don't know when or where any of that will come to light. Can we see it being brought to um, a Stanley-related Comic-Con down the line at any point? Can we see you uh, bringing 
uh, future titles to uh, future cons? Oh, uh, I, th- th- this is my honest answer is I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, we are working on stuff. The, 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 there are no firm plans for anything. And then, and you know, obviously you can speak to, to like somebody at Powell would probably be better suited to speak to the long-term plans for the organization because all I do is, you know, make stuff for those guys, which Fair. is which is amazing. Fair enough. Well, Tom, I mean, I'm excited to see what happens with Back Channel. Uh, from what I've read so far, it's a compelling story. It's very, very contemporary, and that's um, something that uh, we need to see more of. I think uh, just uh, forward, future thinking uh, stories, and this is definitely one of those. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much indeed for your time. Thank you so much. This was great.